has been an awakening. Have you felt it? Light it up. Welcome to Unmistakably Star Wars, your source for a high-quality, informative, and entertaining look into the Star Wars galaxy. So strap yourself in, because here's where the fun begins. Oh, Jeremy, I'm telling you, um, I, I love and respect and trust Dave Filoni and John Favreau. But I got to be honest, uh, two filler episodes, back-to-back weeks here. I'm, I'm not sure about uh, this. We, we got to drive the story in The Mandalorian forward, and I'm, I'm just not feeling it these last couple of weeks. If they touch Grogu, <laughs> I'm getting in my car, driving across... The effing country. Yes. And going straight to Skywalker Ranch, if that's where they're at. Yes. And uh, I'm going to be cracking some skulls. Excellent. Uh, patrons, will be live streaming that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, for those of you that haven't watched the latest episode of The Mandalorian, which I believe is uh, chapter, what, 14? Is this the tragedy? Is that what? Uh, I think it's 14. Yeah, yeah. I think last, last episode I made a mistake and said, Chapter 13 was chapter 12, and I'm sure there was someone out there that started grinding their yeah, teeth. Yeah, ran off the damn out. road on their way to work into the ditch. <laughs> I know. Um, we're not real Star Wars fans. We made nope. a mistake on a podcast. Yeah, um, yeah so, uh, goodness. I, I, I keep thinking, and, and you and um, Carl and I had a bit of a, of a text thread going back and forth, and, and yeah. I, th- I thought, I thought chapter 13 with Ahsoka was going to be the apex of the season and yeah. um my goodness i yeah. i and i don't say this often you can ask my wife i was wrong um <laughs> <laughs> but my goodness jeremy from from what we've got we've got uh, a couple episodes to go three more episodes of the season to go um are we going to get any headway with now this going to be like the hunt for the return of the child for Grogu? Or are we going to be left hanging for Oof. an entire year until I, season three comes out? Yeah, yeah. I, there's so many. We Early on in the life of Unmistakably Star Wars, we had an episode, and I, I can't remember what episode it was, but we we talked about the the importance of mystery, mm. and and when it's when it is done correctly, uh, man, in Star Wars it works, and there's so much fun mystery right now that is playing into all this. One, yeah. it obviously has to do with what's going to happen to, to baby Grogu, yeah. you know? Yeah. A little cutie. Like, <laughs> don't touch him. Um, so I, I think we got, there's that, like what what's going to happen. And there's so much wrapped up in his character. You know, it will a Jedi answer the call? Right. Um, if so, who? Right, right. Um, I think there's also this mystery of, of, of just like, are we going to, like you just said, are we going to be left hanging? And, right. uh, oh, I hope not. I can't. Uh, oh, my gosh, the agony. It's very, Empire Strikes Back, right? Yeah. Han Solo, Carbonite, right. Right. Grogu. Yeah. Hopefully it's not Carbonite, right? <laughs> but that idea, it's like yeah. um, him being taken away and 
the Mandalorian assembling um, Din is as- assembling this team. Yes. Um, I found it interesting that he decided to go the route of of getting Bill Burr's character. Um, I can't remember the character's name. You yeah. know, the, the Imperial sniper. Yeah. Um, I, I I'm surprised he went that route. Like that's who he was going to go to help him. Um, did that surprise you at all? Um, I. <laughs> I mean, Mayfield, no more, Mayfield's his name. Yeah, no more or less than I think some of the uh, other crew. I, I think I was probably more surprised, right, that um, <laughs> we've got um, actual Boba Fett back in the mix and yeah. um, apparently a kicking a little butt. Um, I know. But here, here's the question that haunts me, though, Jeremy. It's it's not even, by the way, loved uh, how Moff Gideon just completely just like, <laughs> just just completely like talk down to the little baby. You're tired and need a nap now, don't you? Yeah, um, yeah. Very David Spade circa 1990s. <laughs> um, so here's my question. Yeah. And, and listeners, we want to know, I want to know what you think about this, because I think we're being set up for something, Jeremy, that I don't know how I'm I'm going to feel about it. I don't even know how I feel about it right now, but I've got, well, Jimmy, I got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> Jeremy, what happens to your love for baby Grugo if, if he doesn't talk like Yoda? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm ready for, for, you know, the little baby to talk any way he wants to. But if he doesn't um, talk in like backwards sentences that would drive an yeah. English professor nuts, though, I mean, is that if, if you go, it's like, hey, I'm um, Grugo and um, <laughs> Grogu, 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 Grugo, Walmart, Kmart, Jeremy, it's all the same damn thing. Um, a little yeah. dysgraphia showing up. Sorry. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. If we get yeah. like this, this um, deep voice, um, Child? I'm just I'm just ready for the teenage years, you know, <laughs> just like nobody is ever ready for the teenage years. And that includes the teenagers, Jeremy. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. You know, it's it's so. Oh, uh, will he talk if he does? Uh, sure. Let's 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 do it. Like, I feel like <laughs> I feel like uh, um, Johnny Ringo and Tombstone. Let, OK, longer, you know, like, let's do this. <laughs> Um, no one got that reference, I'm sure. But, you know, it's like, uh, you know, fine. I, I, It's just, I keep, like, one, I, I do need to give you props, Devin. Oh, oh. H- here's why. <laughs> you, several weeks ago, you said you could see Boba Fett working with the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. where I was adamantly opposed to that. Yeah. I thought Boba Fett was going to be the bad. I thought yeah. he was going to be the guy that, like, Grogu. Yeah. Um, and that was so how vindicated did you feel? Well, Jeremy, to be honest, I'm so used to being right all the time that <laughs> except according to your wife. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. The one no, so I'm just glad that it kind of played out the way that it did. I mean, whether he was yeah. gonna be the baddie or an ally, I think let me put it this way, that Boba Fett's re-entry into the Star Wars universe was done exceptionally well yeah so you you liked his introduction you felt it worked you didn't have any problems with it well and i identified with that character so much more because i I see him put on the armor it doesn't fit and and jeremy i i identify with clothes not fitting so i thought yes yes he is the hero us middle-aged men need (laughs) oh my goodness i'm i'm fascinated to see where this is uh going to take us i I was so um there was there was a little um young 
young college kid in me that the the tip of the cap with the dark troopers from yeah. the uh, dark forces video yes. game was just it was great i loved that i loved that i i, I think we've got some pretty interesting storylines here um you know season one which i love it, it was definitely laying the groundwork and i i think going forward um, we, we've got more and more threads coming into the story, which I'm a fan of. When we have so many things going on, that um, it, it's almost like what we see, like when we've got the, the the lightsaber duel on the Death Star, while things are happening on the ground of the Force Moon of Indoor, while yeah, there's a space yeah. battle going on, and there's so many things yeah. happening that I, I just I didn't think that I could love the series anymore. Yeah, isn't it amazing how this seems? Uh, I could be wrong. Um, with the exception of the eggs from earlier in the in the season, yeah. Um, the Mandalorian is really uniting the fan base. Yeah. Um, like people are generally positive about this. And <clears throat> do we get Luke? Is mm. <clears throat> isn't it time? Uh, like I, I was thinking about this a lot because this is sort of what Carl brought up in our 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 text thread last night, just about the episode and about well, what. Does a Jedi answer the call? If so, whom? I don't know what Lucasfilm's desire, why they don't have Luke in anything, mm. but it just seems like, why the hell not? Let's just do it. Let's wow. just bring him in for wow. an episode or two. I I personally think Grogu is going to choose um, Din, the Mandalorian, to be his, like, he's going to choose him. Like, I don't know what that like looks like in terms of force powers, but I think he's going to, George Lucas, and they've said this so many times, where they reference what George Lucas would say to Dave Filoni. Yeah. And say, Star Wars, first and foremost, it's about family. Mm -hmm. It's about family. Yes, special effects are great. All that stuff is great. Uh, it's about family. And and it, it is very apparent that um, in, the, in a very cool way, um, Din uh, DeJaron is, is Grogu's father. Yeah, you know, and um, do I want to see Luke? Yes, and I I would love to see something. And this is obviously <laughs> this is obviously what I want to see. Damn it, this is what I want to see. Therefore, but, it shall be. <laughs> but it's like I, I would love to see Luke come into the picture. We need that. Um, do we? Or, or do we? Though? I do. Let me let me let me rephrase that, Devin. <laughs> My forty six year old. <laughs> Stunted yes. in terms of of emotional yes. development self, <laughs> I I need Luke Skywalker wow. in my life again. Wow! I don't necessarily need Mark Hamill. I just need someone oh. portraying Luke Skywalker. I know. Interesting. I know. I, I'm throwing a hundred today, Devin. Get Ooh. ready. So I, I just I just need Luke. Just just give me Luke. Wow. Just give me Luke. Say hey, Din, Grogu. I saved your lives here you know, thumbs up, but look, Grogu told me he wants you, Din. You're his dad. Now you go find his species, right? Or or something like that. Like that's the journey. I don't know. I just I, I Ezra would be cool. Like I wouldn't be sad. But it just seems like Luke would be the one that would hear the call. I, I just I, I he's Ezra is so tied up with Thrawn, they need to deal with that. I think if he just shows up, I'm kind of like, eh, okay, I, I'm so confused. Um, 
Luke just makes sense. He's just hanging out, right? I'm sure. Yeah, he's go on some mission with Lando, but like, I I would think he's he's available. Okay, I appreciate <laughs> your thoughts, Jeremy. I appreciate your thoughts on the matter. Clearly, yeah. you've, you've thank you thought this out. You've given it some time. I thought I thought it out a little too much. <laughs> okay, but but what happens though? What happens if? And, and this might be projecting way too big, but I'm yeah. throwing it out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, what happens if Ezra and Ahsoka need Baby Yoda to defeat Thrawn? Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, that could be, I'd be open. I, hey, <laughs> I'm open. I just, I just, I just have some very particular desires. Yeah. Yeah. And needs. Yeah. They're needs. Do, They're we not, a, do we get a Baby Yoda and a young? Young Ben Solo uh, together, um, <laughs> training trained by you, Luke. Just 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 playing on the on the ground together, yeah, yeah. playing with the little yeah shooting, I, shooting I, marbles. I I I really think Luke will send him on his way if he shows up. I, I just uh, but it it could easily be just Ahsoka. Like I just felt a disturbance in the forest. I'm here to like save the day. Yeah. You know, no one's answered the call. I, it's me apparently. You know, I I wouldn't be surprised if Ahsoka shows back up. Um. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, we got two episodes left, and I, I know there was someone in the know on Twitter, and it seems like everybody's in the know. In the know. But, but someone, I can't hell, I, I don't even know what day it is, but someone on Twitter um, that works on it um, and has knowledge says, you're in for a roller coaster these oh. last few episodes. Oh. And this was right before the tragedy, this, this episode, whatever it is, 14? Yeah. Yeah, so... Or chapter fourteen. So yeah, I'm 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 open. I have my 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 needs, my wants, my desires. It's all Luke <laughs> all the time. It's time. It's time. Wow, okay. It's time. We'll it is Devin. It is time okay. to do this. Wow. It's time. Disney. It's time. It's, it's time. <laughs> it's time. Auntie Katie. Um, <laughs> please. Um, okay. So let me ask you this, because and then I want to move on. But uh, so. We we did see. Speaking of the tragedy, right? The tragedy yeah. was not, by the way, Baby Yoda being kidnapped, but is the death of the Razor Crest. Um, <laughs> yes. How do you yes. feel about that? I, ballsy. I loved it. Like I just saw like that the, the Has Lab. You know, yeah, like yeah. has like, hey, spend four hundred dollars and get a get a you know toy, and and they blow it up on the show, and it's just like <laughs> I just see all these like fans are like, I can't wait for my Razor. Uh, you know, they just see it's gone. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I personally, I really liked that ship. It had character. Yeah. I just, I, it was really, it grew on me. And, yeah. uh, um, I, I just love that they just obliterated it. And, um, <laughs> you know. Okay. But in, in fairness, that would you feel the same way with the Falcon? Oh, oh, that's what I, I thought. I, I, uh, yeah, it would be hard, but if, if it, again, if it serves story, if it serves a story, sure. Like if it serves a story, and it, <laughs> and I approve of that story, then yes, you know, sure, sure. It's like I don't even know you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's interesting though is like in the ashes of the Razor Crest, um, he find he found two items, right? Found the little ball, yeah, right, and and then he found the um the the Beskar right. spear, yeah. I knowing what um, Pedro Pascal did on Game of Thrones um, when he fought the mountain and that whole sequence was incredible. Um, I w I 
I'm I he's going to use that and he's going to use that against a lightsaber, wouldn't you think? Like Perhaps. the dark saber? Yeah, I mean, like it you know, showed us in the previous episode, right? That Beskar yeah. holds up to a lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that there's maybe, perhaps, gonna kind of be something. I think with it's that. coming. I it's, think it's coming. It's obviously gonna it's, play a major piece in whatever story we're gonna get. I think there's a duel that's gonna, like, that's in the next two episodes. I think, I think, I think, Din is gonna fight Moff Gideon, and it's gonna be. Dark Saber versus Beskar Steel um, Spear, and, and I think it's going to be wonderful. That's that's, <laughs> and and when I'm right, Devin, in a few weeks, yeah, yeah, uh, we'll have a podcast moment dedicated to yeah, me being right. We will. We'll 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 play the tape. We'll pull the tape and play it for the <laughs> listeners. Um, absolutely. Uh, oh uh, my goodness. Well, good times. Hey, listeners, welcome. Um, we're glad that you are hanging out with us. We, Jeremy, we're we're in part two of our. New series entitled yes, Best of the Rest, and we're, we're taking a look at some of the Star Wars actors and the work that they've done outside of Star Wars. And that yes. could include uh, everything from film to small screen television and streaming services to, heck, there's even some that uh, have, have made their way onto the stage as well. So we, yeah. we may break that down as well. So we're going to jump into... This week's Closer Look, part two of our ongoing series, Star Wars, Best of the Rest. This is Bonnie Peace. This is Jeffrey Brown. Hi, this is Eric Walker. This is Jason Fryer. Hi, this is Delilah S. Dawson. And you are listening to Unmistakably. 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 Unmistakably Star Wars, the podcast. This bickering is pointless. Why are you asking this of me? I am here because you are here. We will use all our resources to unravel this mystery. You must unlearn what you have learned. What did you say? Same thing I always do, talk my way out of it. I grow tired of asking this, so it'll be the last time. How simple you make it. Light and dark as if there is one without the other. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. I love that that little ditty wraps up with the very fantastic Poe Dameron. Because, Jeremy, in this week's episode, part two of Best of the Rest, we're going to take a look at the films of Oscar Isaac, a.k.a. Poe Dameron. So for those of you that are with us on this journey last week when we kicked things off with Forrest Whitaker... It basically comes down to just a handful of things that we're taking a look at. We're looking at, so what do we like best about this Star Wars character within the Star Wars galaxy? We want to talk about which non-Star Wars films are his or her best and, and why. And then what is a possible role we'd actually like to see this actor in down the road? So Jeremy, Oscar Isaac, let me just throw that name out there. Poe Dameron, um, go back to... 2015, when we start to have the, these world events known as the Force Awakens trailers, um, we, we, we start to get some info from Disney, Star Wars, Lucasfilm about the characters that are going to be in this reboot of a galaxy far, far away. And one of them is this uh, maverick, top gunnish guy named Poe Dameron, who apparently was supposed to actually die within The Force Awakens, but uh, Master J.J. changed his mind at some point and decided <laughs> to have the character live on. So, Jeremy, when I say Poe Dameron, you say? Fun. Whoa, okay. Yeah. Say more. Yeah, 
well, I think there's a moment, and I think, you know, in all seriousness, I think I think listeners can kind of remember this moment. I think we we a lot of us shared it. Where who talks first? Mm-hmm. That that moment, just that entrance in the Force Awakens, and then that moment right there. I think a lot of us were like, "Oh, this is Star Wars!" Mm-hmm. Like we needed. He is. He was so vital in the Force Awakens to establishing that feeling again. The humor that we saw in mainly in the the original it's a trilogy. It, it does exist in the prequels, but but that kind of. Um, Humor that that quick wit, yeah, uh, that fun. Whether he's flying the X-wing or interacting with Finn, um, whenever he was on screen for me in the sequel trilogy, it was fun. And 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 that's really that's the first thing that that comes to my mind when I think of that character and Oscar Isaac portraying him. Wow. What about you? So I, I know I'm going against the grain here, and and to yeah, be yeah. honest, um, I have I have thought about it, I have conversed about it ad nauseum with my therapist. Um, and, and I just, I'm not a Poe Dameron fan. I, I, Whoa. I know, Are you serious? I, I, I don't stand. Are you po. doing this for ratings? No, <laughs> I'm driving the ratings, Jeremy. Um, I, I just, he had some, some good moments. Um, I, I just, I never found an affinity for the character. I wanted to, really. I wanted to, I like what's cooler than a, a top X wing pilot that blasts bad guys out of the sky. Um, yeah. It turns out there's there's other things. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I never. What really, do you? What can you point to? Well, like, and that? and that's and so for me again, it's it's very elusive. I I just mm-hmm. it just didn't like gel with me. I don't know what it was. There was nothing per se that was poorly written. I guess yeah. I I I don't know. And maybe quite frankly, for me, I had the opposite reaction that you had when we have that scene with the opening of the force awakens, because when, when he originally said that and I saw it the first time, it really kind of took me aback a little bit. I just, I wasn't, really? I wasn't ready for kind of the, the offhanded remark um, after waiting however many years for a star <laughs> Wars film. Um, and, and so I think maybe it was just me trying to figure out who the character is and, that as they say, the first impression is a lasting impression. And it just, for whatever reason, good or bad, it just, it really never captivated me to be a, a fan of this particular character. Um, do you think that the sequel trilogy, Jeremy, is better because of Poe Dameron? Yes. Wow. I, I, I think he, yeah, I almost think he's needed. Mm. Um, for several reasons he for some reason the charisma of oscar isaac is able to connect characters not only humorously but just in in ways that he's very much like glue especially Mm. when we get to the rise of skywalker uh his banter with finn his interactions with ray um, I think there were some missteps. It, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not like the you know uh, card carrying member of like the yeah. the sequel trilogy fan right. club. But right. but but um, he just brought so much that was needed. I felt um, humor, but dashing almost like very like it felt like what Harrison Ford was doing with Han Solo. Mm. Um, 
it just there was so much for me there was so much for me that clicked that worked that made sense that i embraced as a fan that um i mean there was really only one moment that i i didn't like and i don't think there with him and i don't really think that's oscar isaac's fault and that that's the opening sequence of the last jedi i just I, the humor didn't fit for me yeah. i didn't like cry about it i did yeah. I, I was totally i'm okay um, yeah. but it just didn't work but other than that i thought he was like he got an a he he did well mm. i'm i'm very pleased with him and so you're referring to the beginning of um the last jedi where he's just kind of hovering outside yes. the, the destroyer yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree that I think that the humor there didn't really work, uh, and I would say the same for like the reaction of the Imperial officers and, and Dom Hall Gleason's character Hux yeah, as well. Yeah, that, that was just kind of yeah. like an awkward attempt at humor. Let me ask you this yeah. though, because one of the things that uh, it really rubbed me the wrong way, and not for I don't think most of the reasons that it rubbed a lot of the Star Wars fandom on Twitter the wrong way. But for me, I, I, I had some hangups I couldn't get past as far as his reaction to Holdo when she's taking control of the situation, when, when yeah. Leia is still unconscious. Did, did you feel that portrayal of that character was on beat with kind of the, the general themes and pacing of, of the movie and that character? Are you talking like Poe with Holdo or just Holdo herself, like or their relationship, their interactions. Is that kind of what you're getting? I, I at? think, yeah, generic. I mean, just kind of casting a net over all of it yeah. and just saying, like, I, he really comes across, in my opinion, as someone who is insubordinate and mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. someone that is not obeying a, a chain of command. Now, listen, I have several reasons why I think that. Yeah. And, and I will also say that, do I think that? you know, Holdo playing the cards that, hey, you were a top dog until you got busted down would necessarily keep her from actually revealing stuff because of quote-unquote yeah. rank. Uh, probably yeah. not in a real situation, right? Sure, sure. But at the same time, I I really kind of just kind of had a, a bit of a cringe when there was this, well, I'll just kind of toss the word out there, but there's this kind of quasi-mutiny taking place yeah. in the midst of the resistance. Yeah, I, I think it was, a, you know, I... I don't, gosh, it's been a while since I really picked apart The Last Jedi for good or for bad. Um, I, yes, I would say that um, it, it felt off. I don't think that is a, I don't like lay the blame at Oscar Isaac's yeah. performance as Poe. Yeah. Um, like what Poe did, the acting in, like in the character, I thought was, consistent and excellent throughout like i would love I'll it i'll take that um, i'll take that yeah you know um you know and there's a, a guy that writes for rolling stone brian hyatt like his reviews of um the force awakens and and really all the star wars he's he's been sort of like rolling stone magazines like go-to guy when it yeah. comes to like star wars stuff but you know he wrote you know just about poe dameron he, he said um, he, he said that Poe's loose, jazzy dialogue was the first highly welcome clue that these new films would be more human in tone than George Lucas's prequels. Mm. And I, I really like, in, even in those moments and instances in The Last Jedi, there were just felt like there was like, I was able to connect with emotion. Interesting. Where at times with the prequels, I didn't. And that doesn't mean I don't like the prequels. I love the prequels. But, but um, I, I really connect i just felt 
that there was truth in his emotional, like what he was bringing emotionally to the screen. Mm. And the situation was odd with Holdo, with Holdo and yeah. what went down. Like, I'm like, ah, oh, this is confusing and weird. And like, why are like, this can all be fixed with just a simple conversation, you know? Yeah. Um, but I never once questioned or was bummed about Poe, mm. other than I didn't get enough of the character. Mm. Um, that was that was it for me. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll buy that. I'll buy that. I'll, I'll make, perhaps I'll rewatch with more of an an open mind, Jeremy, <laughs> and kind of let it just kind of soak in. That's what I'm here for, Doug. Okay, I appreciate that. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about Oscar Isaac, the actor. And some yeah. of his stuff beyond the Star Wars galaxy. Um, it, there have been some things that Oscar Isaac has been in and some characters that he has portrayed where I thought maybe some of the best acting I've seen in, in years yeah. as far as his ability to make me believe that that character that he is portraying is an actual person. Mm. Mm. Yeah. When, when yeah. it comes to his work... Yeah. What are some of the films, or we can even go to like streaming series, things like that, but what are some of the, the works that really for you, when it comes to Oscar Isaac, really kind of resonate most with you? Oof. Um, I, I will say this. You know how I was talking about just how Poe was accessible to me? Yeah. I felt sometimes some of his characters were inaccessible. Mm. And, and, and it was because that's who the character was. It's like yeah. inside Lewin Davis is a perfect example. Um, this is a uh, 2013. This, I think he was nominated for best actor for this. Um, he, you know, plays this character that's sort of a folk singer. It's set in the sixties. Um, he is so like kind of just off and odd and just, it's funny. Mm -hmm. It's a definitely a dark comedy, but there's this kind of inaccessibility that really works. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that's what kind of jumps out at me is like, he can get into these characters um, that makes me not only remember the character, but sometimes he does this brilliant job. He does this with, with Inside Lou and Davis, where I just felt like I couldn't connect, but that was, I think, part of the point. Mm. Um, and it's that film that really, it was in 2013 that I was like, oh, who is this person? Mm. And I must see more of this person's films. Wow. And it was right around that time that, um, goodness, I saw Inside Lou and Davis, Cohen Brothers, and I think he made the film with um, Ryan Gosling, and I'm, mm. I can't remember the name of it. It's the the Drive. Um, he made the movie Drive. And that actually, I think that came out the year, a few years before that. So I saw Inside Lewin Davis, and I'm like, who is this? And then I saw him again in Drive, mm. and his character was very different. And surprisingly, that character made some choices that I, I really thought was interesting. And it's those two films, Devin, that really I was like, okay, this person is unique. He's mm. uniquely talented. He's able to play very different characters here. Um, but what was interesting was also like he made Lewin Davis so inaccessible. I, I couldn't connect with him. And and it frustrated me, but that was sort of the brilliance of the of the film, I I thought. One of the things that made that film so brilliant. What about you? Like, was there films that kind of put him on the map for you? 
Well, far be it for me to overlook Jeremy, uh, his portrayal of, of fart man in Lenny, the wonder dog. Um, <laughs> so, no, so to be honest, like I've probably seen him in a half a dozen, maybe seven, eight yeah. total roles. And I think that, you know, one of the things, and you touched on this, that we can expect from him is to bring us an incredible performance, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I think as far as I, as I was thinking about this, I, I really had to make a distinction, I think in my own mind, and that is when it comes to Oscar Isaac and his acting chops and his characters and his films, is there a distinction? And ultimately I decided there was a distinction in my mind between my, my affinity for a particular film versus my affinity for his portrayal of a character within yeah. a film. Yeah, that's a good point. I, yeah. I think for me, performance wise, I have to go back, and it's funny because we kind of brought up his his uh, back and forth with Dom Hall Gleason, but uh, Ex Machina has to be yeah. toward the top of my, uh, maybe the top of my Oscar Isaac film list. What And, and I know like, you're yeah. the one that actually turned me on to that movie because it wasn't yeah. until just the last couple of years that I watched it. So talk to me about his character, Nathan, in in that particular film. And for those of you that haven't seen it, listen, it's a it's a not safe for, for kids film, but yeah. oh my God goodness i i thought it was well written and well acted yeah i mean he's like this programmer um or ceo kind of guy that that um he was i think he was once a programmer becomes this like ceo um of this tech company that's basically developing um ai and he you know when you watch something like inside lewin davis and then you go and watch ex machina yeah and then you see like some of his other films you realize just what range oscar yeah. isaac has yes um uh, he's gonna uh play uh the duke in the the dune film mm -hmm. uh that's coming up and then he and then i just just this week um a casting announcement came out that he is going to play um in the new um uh, video game film. Uh, it's called uh, He's Solid Snake in Metal Gear. Yes. Like so, they're making yes. a metal, and he's going to play play that character. I'm like, wow, what, how diverse is his filmography at this point? In Ex Machina, he is so engaging, and then sinister, yes, and funny. And I mean, a lot of people remember him. You know, the the dancing scene. You know that he that he has with one of his his AI droids or whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and he's so there's, there's such this multifaceted like performance in ex machina. Yeah. And again, if you haven't seen it, um, it's worth seeing Alex Garland made it and Alex Garland, he's been around for some time. He is a unique talent because he's dealing with things in ways that I think are helpful. Mm. Um, I think he can be Alex Garland, the filmmaker, can be very challenging. He made yeah. another film recently called Annihilation that's it's challenging to watch. Um, but you might be familiar with he was the writer on 28 Days Later, the zombie film. Mm. And he also wrote Sunshine, both um, Danny Boyle movies. Um, yeah. And yeah. I think he might have even did some rewrites on like 28 Weeks Later, the sequel to 28 Days Later. But all that aside, um, Alex Garland's dealing with big ideas. He just made, um, if you have Hulu, uh, a TV miniseries called Devs, which mm. um, I was so captivated by it and wow. the ideas within it. I couldn't stop watching it. I It was one of those films that was weekly released, and, and yeah. I was watching it as it was being released, and I, I could not wait 
for the next episode. So as a filmmaker, Alex Garland is wonderful. And he hit a home run when he was able to get Oscar Isaac and Ex Machina mm. that also similarly deals with some really big ideas about artificial intelligence, artificial life right, um, right. and, and like kind of value and personhood. And um, you just can't uh, avoid I almost said Poe Dameron's filmography, Oscar <laughs> Isaac's filmography, unless you look at Ex Machina. I think yeah. you have to see it if you're a fan. I, I'm totally with you on that. I, I think the the topic, and again, the writing, the directing, the acting overall was just so well done on that. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm looking at his his list right now on IMDb, and he's got a lot of smaller parts. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. You know, he was in the Bourne series, the Bourne Legacy, yeah. in a yeah. very kind of smallish part. Um, yeah. But going back to my premise before, distinguishing the difference between a film I loved and a performance I loved, uh, he was in a film that um, his his part, well, the magnitude of his part was far-reaching, but his actual part as far as screen time was, was fairly small. And it is a movie, Jeremy, that, listen, I, I could watch that movie on loop because I think it's so well done. and uh, And that's with a uh, fellow uh, Star Wars Galaxy castmate, um, well, not castmate, but within the galaxy, um, Natalie Portman in Annihilation. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I That one threw me when I saw it. Yeah. Um, and I've only seen it the one time. Yeah. And um, just the climactic moment, um, you know, I don't want to spoil too much, but just with Natalie Portman and, and sort of her mirror image, like that... that um, that film again, um, Annihilation, was made by um, uh, Alex Garland. Uh, mm -hmm. So again, you, you see this this yeah. incredible, thoughtful um, storyteller um, using like Oscar Isaac, and I think one of the reasons why he uses Oscar Isaac in his in several of his films is sort of what I was talking about with the Star Wars character Poe Dameron there is this accessibility to him, mm -hmm. and I think you need that in the types of stories that Alex Garland's trying to tell. Yeah. Um, he needs you to be able to connect with some humanity, um, connect with like, and, and when I say connect with humanity, even the dark sides of humanity, but like, uh, and Oscar Isaac's able to, to be multiple things simultaneously. Yes. And, yes. um, I would, I would totally agree with you that that film annihilation really, I think he played a character named Kane. Um, but, but that, that film really, really, left me it was the type of film that when i finished it i i said i don't know if i can watch this again it really messed with me wow and, um well it's that sci-fi horror yeah. and i i just um yeah it just really challenged me in in several ways in good ways um it just was so thought-provoking and um i don't know i i just I don't know if when I'll revisit it, but I will. But yeah. it, it's it's heavy. So if you're if you're listening to this, really wanting to get into Oscar Isaac's filmography, I, I, this is there. But I, for me, it was a it was a hard watch, and it really left me just thinking about um, just our ability as human beings to destroy. Yeah. Um. And and, yeah. and even destroy ourselves. Right. Well. So, and 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 kind of placing it under the tent of. It, we're doing this to better ourselves as yes, as yes. humankind. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's brilliant stuff. Alex Garland. Uh, uh, anything he makes, I'm I'm there just because he he makes me think. He challenges me, and and I love that film can do that. Yeah. So 
Yeah. I'm I'm with you on that. And again, I would say go watch the film, but it is it's something where you're not going to um, you're not going to be up cooking and stuff while you're watching it. It's something you've, you've got <laughs> yeah. to allow yourself to kind of be sucked into the situation. Um, and and there are some disturbing things in there, both visually and kind of um, concept wise. But I, I for me, again, I, I think that. I had a similar response to it, Jeremy, where like I, I've only seen it uh, one or two times and it is it's a heavy watch. Like I have to gird myself up to, to go watch it. But for me, it's it's worth the, the effort to do that. Let, let me ask, though, because one of the things, you know, you mentioned that he's got an upcoming starring role in Dune, which is, yes. is, is going to be amazing from everything that I've read and, and seen thus far. But what other roles would you want to see? Oscar Isaac Ooh. in whether that's a streaming series, whether that is a, a single film or or a, a trilogy of sorts that's non Star Wars. But what do you want to see him kind of wade off into as far as an actual role or genre of film? I want to see a whole movie, and maybe we'll get this with with the Metal Gear film. But I really want to see a whole movie just kind of rest on his shoulders that mm. is in the vein of like Indiana Jones, mm. where he's carrying it. It's it's him. Yeah, there's other p- people in it, sure, but he's dr- the driving force of it. I want him to be the star, yeah, like central spotlight on. I think he has that ability, and I want to see him because I find him engaging and funny. He's handsome. He's like he's just there's just such charisma. And I want to see that action adventure comedy feel mm. that you would see in sort of like the Indiana Jones films. Um, I, I just would love to see him in that. And then uh, again, I would like to see him. <laughs> I would like. I don't know if I look through his filmography if he's done this. Um, like a straight up like cop detective film, like yeah. film noir. You yeah. know, like like. A detective story set in the fifties or something, yeah, you know, very LA uh, confidential type. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah. just like to see him, like you know, sink his teeth into a role like that. Yeah. Um, those are those are some. What about you? Is there something? Because like, last time we talked, your your thoughts for Forrest Whitaker really like really jumped out at me. Like, wh- what about you? Is there a type of genre or type of t- project that you'd like to see him involved in? Yeah, in fact, there's a couple, and it's similar to to what you said. I think you know it's funny that you said Indiana Jones because he's roughly give or take around the age Harrison Ford was when the Raiders yeah. of the Lost Ark came, and yeah. I think that he has that type of acting ability and believability yes. and swagger, yes. if you will, that yeah. he could pull that off. So I don't yeah. know if he's cast as the next Indiana Jones, um, but but I definitely would love to see him in some type of well-written adventure film that leaves us going like, oh yeah, we want more of that character, right? We don't want just the standalone um, installment. I think the other one, yeah, I'd love to see him in some uh, deep cover, almost, you know, you mentioned detective stuff. And I think that when I think of other detective-esque shows that I've thoroughly enjoyed and gosh, toward the top of that, Jeremy, is um, Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt in Seven, and yeah. I, I think he would absolutely be delightful to watch in that type of psychological thriller. Yeah. And, and I guess we can yeah. maybe kind of put F- Ex Machina in, in kind of that psychological thriller as well, at least, you know, various tones and themes of it. 
Yeah, he was also in like a, a movie called A Most Violent Year. Yeah, kind of. It's a crime drama. That's good. I've seen it one time, but I really enjoyed it when yeah. I saw it. I I think in addition to that, I, yeah. I would love to see him. Um, I I'd love to see him kind of cross over into some other territory, though. Give give me something that where I I I hate his character. Give me something that sets <laughs> me up to absolutely. Hate the character. I'm not talking about like my non appreciation for Poe Dameron, but I'm talking yeah. about give me something that that is a character that I I despise, um, but also kind of feel like this weird kind of um, like a connection to. I it's it, so, so <laughs> somewhere yeah. that on the scale that's um, m- much more uh, of a villain. Um, and less identifiable than like, let's say Hans Gruber from Die Hard. Yeah. But, but not quite at like some historical villain um, where, you know, he's leading genocide and stuff like that. So, so give me, give me him where I I love how you said like that the the film is on his shoulders. Yes. But put him in a villain role. I want to see that. That would be really cool. You know, he was tapping into some creepy stuff when he, uh, when he played King John and yeah. the Robin Hood film that a lot of people hate and yeah. despise, but I always like Ridley Scott who directed it. And um, uh, I just found so, some of his choices. He wasn't in it a ton, but like when he was on screen, I just found him interesting, compelling. Yes. And he was sort of wearing that, 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 that hat of, of villain, you yeah. know? Um, but I think you're right. Like that pulling the strings kind of, of character is, is really a lot of fun. Um to consider him in. Yeah. And I think that what's great about Oscar Isaac is we're, we're I believe he's, he's hitting his stride, right? Where we're going to see him yeah. start to be in more and more. And in fact, if you go to IMDb and you look at the things that are either in production or post-production right now, and like I look at that and go like, my goodness, how, how does one even accomplish um, having so many things in the work at once? <laughs> I'm just like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He's got eight things that are either in Production yeah. and filming have been announced yeah. or are in post production right now. And that's like, play Moon Knight. I mean, yeah. that's like a yeah. big deal. You know, yeah. that was a fun character. I collected that comic when I was uh, when I was a kid. So, yeah, and yeah. and so cool. I I think it's safe to say we're going to see him as as part of our regular celluloid diet, if you will. Um, yeah. And and I'm looking forward to that. Last question before we wrap stuff up, Jeremy. Um, yeah. Do we do we want to see Poe Dameron? come back in any shape or form within the star Wars galaxy. You know, this is like a springboard into a much uh, like a whole different podcast, but like, (laughs) it seems like none of those people, Daisy Ridley, Oscar Isaac, um, you know, John Boyega, they don't, it seems like they don't want to have anything to do with star Wars. Um, uh, and I, why we don't deserve nice things, Jeremy. (laughs) Well, it's, it's just like, what happened to make them feel, feel like that yeah you know you know what i mean like that's my my question but with that said um absolutely mm. uh you know there's um there's a, i think a lot of story there and i, I think um even after that tr- after the trilogy it would be fun to kind of see him on adventures um but i totally get if, if that's not in the cards you know it's not like it's not like luke Devin. Um, we need <laughs> luke back um but but poe poe i you know yes please but if not, I'm not gonna. 
curl up in a ball and cry and and drink a lot. Well, yeah, I do that with Luke, but like not not with Poe. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing that we know for sure, Jeremy. Right when yeah. when Harrison Ford spent so much of his post Star Wars life poo pooing <laughs> the character of Han Solo. Yes, um, yes. Not only did they get him back in the films, Jeremy, but they got him to show up at fan celebrations. So we they know did. what talks. We know what talks. So money. in in thirty years, when uh, Oscar's no longer getting royalties from Ex Machina <laughs> and Annihilation, uh, who yeah. knows what's going to happen? Yeah. But yeah. I, I will say this: I will say this because we have a familiarity with the character. I I think that if properly done, um, that, that it, it could prove to be kind of a, a good um, reentry for some of those, uh, including myself, that that enjoyed um, parts, if not all, of the sequels. I mean it we have this thing known through not only star Wars, the film and animation, but also through comic book and that's red squadron. And so, yeah, <laughs> it, it would be interesting to me to have something like that. Um, and, and if not feature Poe Dameron for him to, to be at least a, a connective tissue uh, absolutely. In, in between there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. I think we, we do need to, um, you know, hope that someday down the road we'll see some of these characters return, and, and I think it would be good to see them. I think there's something there. Absolutely. Well, listen, dear listener, that is going to wrap it up for us this week. We want to know from you, though, for when it comes to the character Podram, and let me start that again. <laughs> well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode, dear listener. We want to know from you, though, of course, when it comes to the character Podamron, are you more in line with Jeremy's thoughts on it? Or are you more in line with being right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I also want to know for you, like, what are some of your favorite Oscar Isaac films? And, and if you haven't watched many of his other films, like, what, what is one that you think might be a good entry point for, for you personally? We'd, we'd love to know that. You can always find us on that wretched hive of scum and villainy known as the Twitter at unmistakably SW. <laughs> and of course you can find us um, at unmistakably starwars.com. And that's going to do it for this time. in little tauntauns. We'll see you next time in the digital docking bay. And until then, may the force be with you. Unmistakably star Wars is a member of the star Wars escape pods network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods, the Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom. <laughs>